You're listening to The Leonard Lopate Show on AM820 and 93.9 WNYC. On March 25th, a boat filled with 72 African migrants set off from Tripoli heading towards Europe, but the boat never got there. Instead, having run out of fuel and calling for help, it drifted in the Mediterranean for 16 days. And although the people on board say they saw several ships, none came to their rescue or answered their distress calls. All but 11 of the passengers died. Joining me now for a look at what happened is Fred Abrahams, a special advisor at Human Rights Watch. Welcome to today's underreported segment. Thank you so much. How quickly did the boat run into trouble after it left Tripoli on on March 25th? It didn't take long. About 19 hours into the journey, uh, this vessel, about 30 feet long, 11 meters, uh, ran into trouble. There were 72 people on board, and they immediately called a priest. Uh, This was an Eritrean priest in Rome who deals with asylum seekers, and he informed, uh, he says he informed the Italian uh, military. Um, And subsequently, these people say they saw a helicopter, they saw a, a military vessel, but none of uh, these people came to their assistance. What had gone wrong? Well, first of all, these vessels are ramshackle and unfit, unworthy for these uh, journeys. We're talking about uh, overcrammed 72 people in a 30-foot boat. Mm-hmm. So clearly uh, it was not uh, fit for this type of trip. And there was a reason and, uh, the Eritrean called the Eritrean priest because there were Eritreans on the boat along with Ethiopians, Nigerians, Ghanaians, Sudanese immigrants. Uh, There were two babies on board. No Libyans. No. uh, There were uh, 20 women and two babies uh, from these countries, sub-Saharan Africans. What what are they doing in Tripoli? They had come to Libya as migrant workers mostly. Uh, Some may have been fleeing uh, persecution in their home countries, but most came for work uh, prior to the conflict. But haven't many ships over the last couple of years left Tripoli to go to Italy? Yeah, there's been a steady stream uh, of sub-Saharan Africans who come to Libya both to work and possibly to transit further onto Europe looking for a better life. Is Lampedusa the most popular destination for them? Lampedusa is about 180 miles uh, north of, uh, of uh, Libya. It's an island, Italian island, so it is the most common uh, destination. So 180 miles isn't all that much. But I guess it's it's longer than the trip from Cuba to Florida, isn't it? Uh, it's not a very uh, far journey, and the Mediterranean is not open seas. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, that just shows how uh, uh, unfit these vessels are and overcrowded. They did have a satellite phone on board. So when when things went wrong, they, they called the priest. Did they call anybody else? Uh, no. So they called the priest, and then their battery ran out. The priest said he's, he informed the Italians, and uh, at that point is when they lost uh, contact. The Guardian newspaper, which broke the story on May 8th, reported that early on a military helicopter, you mentioned that, did deliver some water and food and told the passengers that they should wait for a rescue boat, and then none ever arrived? That's correct. Who, so, who do, do we have any idea who uh, the helicopter was from? That's what we don't know. So the witnesses have uh, testified that this helicopter hovered overhead and threw down biscuits and water for the people in need. They expected then this would lead to some sort of rescue, which never came. 
uh, it is has been conjectured that they may have been Italian Coast Guard, but Italy has denied? Italy has denied, NATO has denied, and we don't know uh, which vessel uh, was there, which country. And, and Human Rights Watch uh, interviewed some of the survivors, and they said uh, that the boat later drifted quite close to what they said was an aircraft carrier. You mentioned that. The Guardian concluded that this was a French ship, the Charles de Gaulle, but the French have denied that their ship was in the vicinity. So is everybody just simply saying uh, that wasn't me? Look, this is exactly what's happening now uh, with this crisis is every country involved – France, Italy, the U.S., Malta is passing the baton, right, or passing the buck, saying, you know, this isn't our responsibility. So we don't know exactly who who was in charge, who was present. And then the survivors have also said that one of the military ships that passed them uh, didn't rescue them, uh, but did take photos of them from their ship. If, If both ships ignored the boat's distress calls, isn't that a violation of maritime law? It is. It is a severe violation. Uh, you are obliged to assist vessels in distress. And human rights law as well. That's correct, yeah. It's international law. So how has NATO responded to questions about the boat? Because any of those ships would have been NATO ships, wouldn't they, or related to NATO? Well, they responded to us unsatisfactorily. They told us that their records didn't indicate uh, citing any such vessel. But we have no uh, indication that they've done a real proper or thorough probe. That means, you know... In, speaking, questioning the uh, officers, the military officers, the vessels involved. You have to wonder why this ship NATO ships have responded to other boats uh, from Libya that were in distress. Well, look, it's, it's not true that they're ignoring every uh, uh, vessel in distress. There have been some heroic rescues, and Italy has been leading the charge on that. But there isn't a systematic enough focus uh, on saving these migrants who are risking their lives just to, just to escape the conflict. My guest is Fred Abrahams, a special advisor at Human Rights Watch uh, for today's underreported segment. Uh, So where did the ship finally land? This ship drifted for about two weeks and eventually uh, made it back to the shores of Libya from whence it had come. So Uh, they just traveled in a circle? Is that what the the currents would have taken them? That's correct. They ended up coming back uh, to uh, to the coast, and uh, of the 72 people who set out on the journey at the beginning, uh, only 10 survived, and they were taken into custody by Libyan authorities. The, the survivors were all male. That's correct. 20 women and one and two children perished. And, and that was simply because they didn't have any water and any food, I would assume. That's and nobody correct. had – I mean, it isn't just a matter of not um, towing them in to some place or, or rescuing them. They didn't – nobody gave them any food either. That's correct. They were drifting from March 25th until uh, April 5th, and uh, that's quite a long time without food and water. So they wound up at Misrata, which is a stronghold of the rebels fighting Muammar Gaddafi, uh, and it's seen a lot of fighting. What happened to the migrants once they came ashore? Uh, well, first, as far as I know, they returned to a town, uh, Zawiya, which is under uh, government control, um, unless I'm getting that wrong. But but you're yeah, right. Yeah, Gaddafi's forces arrested them, didn't That's correct, yes. Now, Misrata is the city that is uh, rebel-held and has been uh, besieged for the past uh, two months almost. And uh, the migrants there have been trapped. They have been getting evacuated by international organizations by boat from Misrata to the areas of Libya's east. And uh, sadly, uh, they were arrested. The the survivors were arrested, detained for four days. And 
and one more of them died while he was in captivity. That's correct. So there were 10 survivors of the 72, and then a 10th uh, a person, a one, one of the survivors, uh, uh, did not survive. So nine have survived the journey in total. Earlier this month, a boat carrying more than 600 people capsized off the coast of Libya. It's unclear how many of them died. Have there been more boats than usual this year because of what's happening in North Africa? Oh, without any question. There's been a stream of boats. Uh, these are sub-Saharan Africans seeking to flee the conflict. Uh, and um, so far, we uh, have information of 1,200 people who have either died or gone missing uh, after setting out uh, from, uh, on these journeys by boat. There are allegations that the Gaddafi regime is allowing people to get on these unseaworthy vessels and then using them as propaganda. And NATO has said that the vessel we've been discussing was provided by Libyan military officials. What kind of message would the Gaddafi regime be trying to send here? Well, I think there are a few things. First of all, Muammar Gaddafi, going back for many years, has always used the threat of migration and the flow of Africans streaming into southern European countries. He's used that as a threat uh, on Italy and Malta and on the EU, European Union in general, uh, to, uh, for his benefit. So he's turned the tap on and off. He threatened to do that at the beginning of this conflict, and I think it's quite, I'm quite confident that he's doing it again now, that they are, if not facilitating, perhaps even organizing some of these uh, trips and, and some of the vessels for people to flee. Partly because Europeans really don't want these people to come to Europe. Absolutely. I mean, certainly, you know, this is a uh, the trend of what we call a fortress Europe, the ever higher walls uh, of European walls to immigration. And of course, the brunt is being borne by the southern European states, in this case, mostly Italy and Malta. In early April, the UN Refugee Agency asked all vessels on the Mediterranean to consider boats carrying migrants out of Libya to be in distress. Has anyone been doing that? Have we seen any change? We've seen a little positive movement um, where now, you know, vessel, at least there's an awareness, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. And the key point here is to have some focused attention. Look, the campaign in Libya, the military campaign, was intended to protect civilians. And now we have people who are fleeing that conflict, and they need and deserve the protection and focused attention of the NATO militaries and the countries involved to save, identify and save these vessels before they you know, break up, sink, capsize, and save people in distress. Hasn't this been an issue in Italy and uh, an issue in Italian politics? A very big issue. Uh, obviously, immigration, as in this country, uh, is a hot-button topic, and uh, there's a lot of pressure on the government to do more to keep uh, African migrants out of, uh, of, of Italy, even though they provide an important source of labor. Um, so there's no question the Italian government is, is feeling the pressure to, to do something. But there are international obligations here, and that is to save people in distress and provide them protection. Asylum seekers should get a proper review and the necessary uh, 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 safety. How many uh, migrants have gone from Libya to Italy? Well, since the conflict began in mid-February of this year, 12,000 have arrived safely in Libya, about 1,000 in Malta. So that's 13,000 in total. M Malta is a little further away. That's correct. It is. Uh, hasn't... Uh, Silvio Berlusconi said that he was going to clean up Lampedusa. I'm not exactly sure what that means. 
Right. Well, Lampedusa is basically the port of entry. It's the closest island, and there's a large immigration center there, and it frequently gets overwhelmed because it doesn't have the capacity to deal with this influx. And so then once people are processed, they get transferred on to other parts of the country. Is this something that Italy should be dealing with itself, or should this be something the EU should be dealing with? Well, look, Italy is on the front line, but I actually sympathize with their complaints that they're now bearing the burden for this, and it is a European issue. In fact, it's wider because now the Europe, the United Nations has sanctioned this military intervention. The U.S. government is strongly behind this international intervention in, in Libya. So all of these countries, uh, which has provoked the outflow, in our view, have an obligation to help save the people who are fleeing the conflict. And the European Union has a pretty firm commitment to human rights, at least in writing. If the if a French warship uh, or aircraft carrier ignore these people, then we're talking about something that, that goes beyond an Italian resistance to new immigrants. Uh, no question. I mean, look, that's why there has to be a proper investigation. And we don't see evidence of that having taken place so far. And then the people who identified and ignored these migrants in distress, they should be they should suffer disciplinary action. And as you said, immigration has become a major issue in the European Union, because unemployment has been high. And uh, didn't they recently amend the, the Schengen treatment, which governs the movement of, of people and goods through the EU? EU? Yes. I mean, look, this is all part of this this trend to uh, raise the walls around Europe, an anti-immigration movement and what we've called this this fortress, uh, this fortress Europe. We've and seen certain anti-immigration parties in, in the Netherlands and elsewhere suddenly become major political forces. No question about it. It's, it's a rallying cry uh, for the uh, for the right wing parties uh, from north to southern Europe. So we have something like a, a perfect storm of factors for Give me Sebastian Younger. Uh, unrest in Northern Africa, coupled with a NATO action in Libya, and then an economic downturn making jobs scarcer in Europe. Well, that's correct. But also, let's not forget where the numbers. I mean, I said we have 13,000 people who, who have reached. I mean, now uh, uh, others certainly would try, but it's not that massive uh, a flow. So it's manageable. It can be done. And the responsibility is there. The Council of Europe has launched an investigation into what happened with the ship we've been discussing, uh, the ship that was ignored. And the UN's High Commissioner for Refugees has interviewed some of the survivors. Is there hope that the mechanisms for responding to these ships can be improved? Uh, it's going to be an uphill fight. I won't deny that because the, the problem here is the, is the coalition. And when you have so many countries involved, it's very easy for them all to point the finger at their neighbor. And it's going to require then some coordinated action to say, look, uh, we have to do this as a block, the European Union and NATO, which has responsibility for the military intervention in Libya and do it together. It can be done. It's not that difficult to monitor the Mediterranean Sea. So what's happened to the nine survivors, the, the migrants who are still alive? Do they still want to get to Europe? Well, some of them have. Uh, and they actually managed to – they turned around. This shows how desperate they are to leave Libya after such a tragic experience, turned around, got on a boat, uh, and managed to, to get out again. So, And, and this can be expensive uh, because uh, they, they pay – a lot of money to get on these leaky boats. There's, a, there's an economy of trafficking, isn't there? Uh, it's a very good question because there used to be. Um, when I was in Libya back in 2005, there was a whole smuggling operation that many people thought was organized uh, by the government itself. But today, the, the migrants, people making it to Italy, Italy tell us that the trip is free. They have not 
been forced or obliged to pay anything for it. And that suggests to us that the Libyan government is somehow facilitating this operation and uh, uh, trying to pressure NATO, score propaganda points, but also pressure the southern European states with this outflow. Fred Abrahams is a special advisor at Human Rights Watch. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much for picking up this story.